For those of you that know anything about me or about my life, it will come as no surprise that I am tired most of the time. People look at me and they say, I don't know how you do it. And uh, my it is daunting. I am a full-time grad student at one of the top seminaries in the country. I'm a full-time single mom of two spirited and determined girls. And I am also the children's minister here and currently serving as a pastoral intern, which is why I get to speak with you today. As a single mom, I have all the duties of managing our household, cleaning, laundry, meal planning, grocery shopping, and my kids have school too. So that means snacks and homework and field trips. And add in trying to maintain some semblance of an adult type social life, and it is a lot. But we are all doing a lot. Whether the external measures of the world show it or not, we try to find meaningful work to fill our days and our bank accounts. We try to do good in our communities, finding interests that we are passionate about, and doing what we can to chip away at the injustices of the world. We try to maintain meaningful relationships with our family and friends, always looking to strengthen the bonds that keep us sane and drive us crazy. We go to the DMV and the doctor's office and we fill out forms and make phone calls. We all have our own stuff and we all get tired. A good friend of mine sent me an article a few weeks ago and when I confess to you that the article came from buzzfeednews.com, please don't judge me. The article is called How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation, and the author started research for the article because she couldn't figure out why a small, straightforward task on her to-do list felt so impossible. The gist of the article is that mundane, seemingly simple tasks are hard to accomplish because millennials as a generation are burnt out. We are tired, but it is the bone-weary kind of tired where your vision narrows and you just keep moving because what's the alternative? In burnout, simple tasks like mailing a letter or making a routine doctor's appointment don't get accomplished because when it takes all you have just to get out of bed and put clothes on, you drop everything that is not going to threaten your life and your livelihood. Here are some fun facts. Burnout was first recognized as a psychological diagnosis in 1974 and defined as physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. It's categorized as a step beyond exhaustion. In exhaustion, a person is pushed to the point where they can't go any further. But in burnout, the person reaches that point of exhaustion and then keeps going anyway. Author and psychoanalyst Josh Cohen poignantly explains that burnout occurs when you have pushed yourself past your internal resources, yet you cannot free yourself of the nervous compulsion to go on anyway. This is not just a millennial issue. Our entire culture is steeped in the idea that we must keep going. The real question is not why can't we accomplish simple tasks, it's why do we push ourselves so hard? And the simple answer is we are told that we must push ourselves so that we can have and do all the things. We must work, we must have passion in our lives, and we must find meaning and purpose. We must do all the good that we can in all the ways that we can for as long as ever we can. 
And if you don't, then you are not, you will not be successful. We are taught from childhood that life is a game and the only way to win is to work hard. And then when working hard doesn't get us the elusive level of success we so desire, we are told to work harder. This attitude is reflected in the chatter surrounding those that are seemingly losing at life, the poor, the hungry, the homeless. They must not be willing to work hard. If they would just get a job and work hard, they could turn their lives around. Or instead of blaming them, we blame ourselves. The system is stacked against those at the margins and they can't win. So we must work harder to change the system. There must be sweeping reforms that we can enact so that all people can be successful, so that everyone can be a winner. And so we keep going, depleted of all inner resources, believing that hard work will pay off and the right actions can change the world. Finally, when you do collapse, when you simply can't keep going, you are blamed for it. You must not have taken good care of yourself. It's your fault. Either you didn't eat the right foods or you didn't get the right amount or the right type of exercise, or maybe you didn't get enough sleep. But don't fear, because there is a solution. You will now be saved by the all-powerful self-care. If you just develop your own self-care routine, all will be well. You could get a massage, find a creative hobby, take a walk, sleep more, take a vacation, drink more water, go to the gym regularly, read an inspiring new book. But self-care is just a sheep costume over the wolf of work harder. Because in self-care, we aren't told that it's okay not to succeed at all the things. The hidden message is that you can do everything and be everything if you just add one more item to your to-do list. Self-care says that it's your fault if you can't accomplish all the things. Self-care is still counting on self. What gets left out of the discussions of burnout and self-care is that we can't do it all. At least we can't do it all if we're only counting on ourselves. In fact, we aren't supposed to. We're not supposed to do it all ourselves. It's not how we were made. We were born, we were not born with the strength we will need for our whole lives tucked inside us. Our scripture passage today begins with the words, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from God's glorious power. The author of Colossians did not wish for that early Christian congregation to be made strong through the sustained effort of their own hard work or by properly caring for themselves through good nutrition, staying hydrated and sleeping well. The author of Colossians knew that the only strength that matters is found not by lifting weights at the gym five days a week, but rather comes from the power of God. The question then becomes, how do we access God's power? Right now, I want to solemnly swear that I am not going to put anything else on your to-do list. The way to access God's power is not by doing anything. It requires no action from you. God's power is freely available, the same as God's grace, not because of what we do, but because of who God is. I don't mean it's easy to receive God's power, but it's only hard because of the external programming we receive. The world tells us to work hard and then work harder, 
and God tells us to surrender and be still. The messages actively work against each other. As long as we are listening to the world, the power we can receive from God will always be limited. God is wanting to give it to us, but we refuse God's help by all of our good-intentioned hard work. Sometimes I will watch my children struggle with a new task, and I want to be a good parent, so I just watch and I wait, letting them try their own strength to learn from their own successes and failures. But more often than not, I end up crying out in frustration. I can help you do this. Please, please, please let me help you. God, of course, being the perfect parent that I am not, just waits patiently and lovingly for me to be ready to ask for and receive help. All we have to do is give up, which seems strange. We have to give up believing that we can do it ourselves and even more that we're supposed to do it ourselves. The moment we are not holding God out of some problem or situation, God is in it. We don't even have to do anything to let God in. I learned this lesson at the lowest point of my life. It was shortly after the birth of my second child and I was failing in almost every way that you can imagine. Despite all my best efforts, everything in my life was crumbling and I remember the moment that I gave up distinctly. I had put my babies to sleep. I had spent some time crying in the shower and I was laying on my bed. This sense that I was never going to be able to change my life enveloped me. Nothing was ever going to get better and I was going to be miserable failure forever. So I gave up. I said it right out loud. I give up, I cannot do this myself. Those were my exact words. I'm not going to tell you that in that moment I had a miraculous experience, that the heavens opened and the angels sang, but I will tell you that I felt some small sense of relief. Somehow the act of giving up created some space around me, like I had been buried in snow and now there was a small pocket of air. I will also tell you that that night my sister called and told me she was going to send me a large sum of money and that she was gonna come visit to help my little family come up with a plan. I can also tell you that from that moment until today, anytime I'm stuck, I know that the only way forward is to give up and that every single time I give up, God moves in. I receive help that can only come from God's glorious power. Answers come that I did not have access to on my own. Words come to a sermon when I had nothing to say. I want to be very clear. There is nothing wrong with working hard or taking pride in all that you do and accomplish in a day. There is a great deal of satisfaction found in falling into your bed at the end of a long day knowing that you gave this day everything that you had to give. The problems of this world are big, and it takes hard work to make a difference. Burnout comes when you give everything that you have every day and do not allow yourself to be refilled by God. When you take on the burden of God's call in your life without accepting the help freely offered. God did not make us to be self-sufficient but rather in relationship to one another in the natural world. 
In the creation stories of Genesis, the only thing that God does not call good is for a person to be alone. The author of Colossians takes this for granted. In Colossians 1, 17 and 18, it describes Jesus as holding all things together. He is the head of the body and the body is the church. We are meant to work together as the parts of a healthy body work together. With Christ as the head, guiding our actions, providing us with fuel to keep going. Colossians continues that this ordering of our lives is right because the fullness of God is pleased to dwell in Christ and through Christ, the fullness of God is reconciled with each of us. We are connected to God through Jesus as individual parts of a living system, not as individuals alone. Christ is the means through which God's glorious power flows in the world, and the church is the vehicle through which the power is turned into action. When we count only on ourselves, only on the strength of our own hard work, we amputate ourselves from the body of Christ and from the resources of God. As anyone who has experienced an amputation will attest, the body, after losing part of itself, will heal. It will adjust and adapt, but a hand or a toe separated from the body will not last long. The world's answer to burnout is self-care, which places the onus of care on the self, the individual. It is all about what you must do to restore yourself. But our passage in Colossians paints a different picture. It is all about who God is and who Jesus is and how we are meant to be in relationship with them and each other. After Colossians wishes that we be made strong through God's power, it continues. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And if you listen carefully, you'll notice that all the action is God's. God prepares us, God enables us, God rescues us, and God transfers us to Christ's kingdom. We are called only to have patience and joyfully give thanks. It is not about us really at all. It is about God and the community that God has placed us in. The world tells you to take care of yourself and the word of God tells you to be made strong through God's power. The world tells you that you are alone and God tells you that you are part of the body and God's beloved son is the head. I do have a challenge for you as we get ready for the birth of Jesus in the year 2020. Find something in your life that is draining you, somewhere you are stuck, big or small, and give up on it. Say it right out loud, I give up, I cannot do this myself. And then patiently, joyfully, give thanks to the Father. Don't do self-care, receive care from God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.